Great day, everyone. So they are just not listening to me. How many times have you said those very words? So, you know, today on the Coffee with Rhonda show, we're going to talk a little bit about communication and we're going to talk about some of the communication breakdowns and how you can lead yourself so that you can become a more effective communicator. Let's get ready to learn to lead above the grind. Another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. I'm super excited. We're, we are excited to have you here with us today. So before we get started and introduce um, our co-host, let's just go over a couple of housekeeping uh, items for today. So first, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. This is episode 62, and we are your cup of inspiration, revelation, and wit for today's Savvy Leader. In this episode 62, we are going to talk about effective communication and in particular, the art of leading you. So if you're out there and you're watching, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, and tell us what you have in your cup. Also, your comments power our discussion and our conversation. So don't forget to keep those comments coming and keep us on our toes. Give us, give us a little bit of fuel for the conversation here. And then also, we have a huge ask for you. Head over to YouTube, like our channel, and don't forget to share the video. So with all that said, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I'm your host for, for the show. And I consider myself an arsehole or a recovering stressed out leader. Michael's already laughing at me. I am a recovering stressed out leader. Yes, I do claim that. And so what I am today is I am a leadership development expert, and I focus on helping leaders develop the leadership mindset and career style habits that they need for success now and in the future. So that's who I am. I am rocking my lead above the grind cup today. And uh, in it, I have my standard. I've gotten into this um, almond milk with mocha coffee thing. So that's my flavor. That's what I have in my cup for today. So let's introduce uh, Murray, and then we will introduce our special guest for today. So good evening to you, Murray. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda. This is Mireille, your greatness engineer, all the way from Perth, Australia. And here it's evening time, and I'm really happy to be here. So as you know, I'm here to empower people to understand that they are unlimited and step into their greatness. And today I'm drinking, let me just get my cup, lemongrass. So it's Ooh. gonna be very interesting. Oh, nice. I love lemongrass, everything. But just a tip for everyone, if you like to wear the scent of, of lemongrass, it attracts mosquitoes. So I'm just saying, FYI, <laughs> be prepared for that. I learned that the hard way. So. No, it's actually the other way around. It's actually, you know, getting rid of mosquitoes. If you have, you know, lemongrass plants in your, in your area and you have mosquitoes, they don't come. Not for me. They come find me. I, I, I kid you not when I put lemongrass on and walk out, which is actually how I discovered it. Every time I had, so I had this body butter, we're going to take a quick detour. So I used to uh, make this body butter product. And one of my favorite scents was lemongrass. And I would go outside and I found that when I was going outside, all these mosquitoes. And I was like, what is happening with me? And I finally figured out it was the darn lemongrass body butter. And when I looked it up, it does say that they like the scent. 
So I don't okay. know. I'm all confused. So. Anyway, I'm confused as well. That, that's my brief story for today. So with all of that said, let's introduce our special guest, and hopefully Roz will join us in just a bit. So. Michael, you have become a legend, I think, on the show. You have been with us on and off for some time. You all see Michael in the background, in the comment section often. And today you have the pleasure of seeing him here live with us. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about who you are and then tell us what you have in your cup. Well, my name is Michael Wader, of course, as it says on the screen so everybody can see. I'm the president and founder of Leadership Excellence International, which was originally started in Colorado in the United States. I now work out of an office in St. Petersburg, Russia. I've worked in 18 different countries in the last 25 years. And what I do is I kick leaders in the seat of the pants. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes people hire me to come in and help them be more efficient. They want the lean technology and Kaizen and all this improvement. Well, I can do that. But the trouble is nobody in the company can do it if the leaders at the top don't know what's going on. So I also include leadership. I work with the leaders at the top, teach them how to communicate better and how to listen, which is one of the things we're going to be talking about today, how to be a better listener, which makes you a better communicator. And I have fun. And that's the primary thing is I have fun. Most people know me around the world when they ask me, Michael, how are you doing today? What is my standard answer? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's what Mary Poppins would say. So that's what I say. You know, you got to take life with a little bit of fun and smile and laugh. So I just re wrote a recent book I'll talk about later on. But uh, right now I've been on this show. I've been on this show now for almost two years now on the sidelines, just texting each week. And it's, it's a riot. If there's anybody watching and who does not know that you have to laugh to be a good leader, then you need to watch this show because we laugh, we have a good time, and we improve your leadership at the same time. So Rhonda, I think you're doing a great job for your audience. I really like what you're putting out, and I think your audience likes it. Thank you so much, Michael. It's so great to have you, and we're always laughing with you as you're typing into the comments. So do you have a cup with you? And if so, what do you have in it? I know you're on the road today, so. Uh, yes, I'm drinking a very strong French roast black coffee. Um, I enjoy the flavor of coffee, so I drink coffee black with no addition. Um, when I want to have a different flavor, I drink a different flavor of something else, but coffee is black. So awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Michael. So let's go out there and see who has joined us this morning. Mom is out there. Hi, mom. Good morning, all. She says, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> So I have steaming hot chocolate with whipped cream Ooh. up to the sky and my cup. Yum, mom. I kind of want to come over there and get some of what you have. Uh, sisters, sis Regina's out there. Welcome, everyone. My name is Regina. I live in beautiful San Antonio and I have fresh ground coffee in my cup. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, sis. Jade is out there. Jade, good morning to you. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And she says, I am watching from a coffee shop in Ontario, Canada. Oh, that sounds lovely. And she's drinking vanilla latte. In <laughs> that Yum. sounds like that sounds like Jade. <laughs> it uh, it sounds amazing. So, uh, and then uh, Michael, mom says, "Great to see you. I really enjoy your input." So, look, you've got fans already, and you're just first time on the show. So, Victoria's out there. She said, "Hi, Rhonda. I'm joining a bit late." Victoria, we are just glad to have you here. She says, mm, my favorite. All right. So thanks everyone for joining and tuning in. So let's get our conversation started today. And um, as we go through our conversation today, today is all about communication. We're going to dive a little bit into communication and effective communication. I will just fess up and say, this is a tough topic to tackle only because there are so many different ways that you can go with communication. And at the end of the day, we'll see where we end up. I think I know where we're going, but I'm okay with a little bit of a detour here and there also. So let me bring Ms. Roz Jones in. I see her as well. And we good. will just say good morning to Ms. Roz. Good morning to good you. Good morning, Roz. And Roz is in the car and on the move. So that's all right, Ms. Roz. You just chime in whenever you can. Okay. So let's start with the opening quote for today, Michael. I, I know that you all have uh, are familiar with this quote. I absolutely love this one. So this is a quote. Let me put this on screen for us. 
quote is by George Bernard Shaw. And the quote says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I love this quote. I've used it in several presentations um, that I, uh, when I am out on the road and working with leaders, um, because we often will have the assumption that we are communicating. Um, but that doesn't mean that that communication is effective. So as we think about communication, there are some real challenges with the communication. So first, let me just get your quick thoughts on that quote. And um, Michael, I know you probably heard that quote before. I've not only heard that quote, I've written a dozen quotes that are similar to that. It's absolutely true. When I have two daughters who are grown adults now, but when they were in high school, they were both on their debate teams and they were orators in school. And I taught them that it is not the receiver's responsibility to understand. It's the transmitter's responsibility that the receiver understands. And this is a huge mistake people make. They speak and they just automatically think the other people have responsibility to listen and learn. Wrong. It's mm -hmm. your responsibility as a transmitter. Many people, as that quote says, they speak and they think the audience understands. They don't. So you got to smack them. You got to smack them with the right words. You know, if you smack them with the right words and get their attention, then they'll work fine. They'll listen. But you got to you got to wake yeah. them up. So it's and I that love is that, this, Michael. I'm sorry. I love that because that receiver, it's their responsibility. So, Murray, uh, we've been we talk about communication on and off mm -hmm. on the show. And have you seen that quote? And what do you what are your thoughts on that quote? Uh, and I mean, I like the quote, actually, because uh, it's a two way street in, a way, in communication. It's not just going one way. It has to be, you know, uh, like Michael just mentioned you have to make sure that your message is understood and then the person can actually, uh, you know, talk back to you and you, you, you understand uh, the language as well. So it's really, uh, you know, a, a, a two-way street in, you know, when we talk about communication. And, and I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. You think that, you know, you've given your message and that's it. You don't, you don't, especially if the person doesn't ask any question, you think, okay, it's all good. I've done my job, but you know, it, it's, it's sometimes not the case, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had lots of experiences with that. Um, mm -hmm. I used to believe that issuing memos was communication. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned the hard way. I thought, my goodness, if I had a nickel for every memo that I posted that nothing happened, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was, that was only a one way form of communication. It didn't mm -hmm. allow me to check feedback. And it was my responsibility to be sure that that message was being received, as Michael said. So uh, so I love that. So let's do a bit of level setting here. Before we do, um, Victoria said, um, Victoria, you have French roasted Starbucks and she's dialing in from North Carolina. She's checking okay. in from North Carolina. So thank you, Victoria, for sharing that. Um, and she says she has a question for us. Is there a way we can measure and assess effective communication? We're going to talk about that as well. So hold on to that, Victoria. Don't lose that thought because we're definitely going to um, get to that. Let me bring Roz back in. Okay, so let's level set first. When we're talking about communication, what is that we're talking about, right? I like to make sure that the audience is on the same page. When we're speaking about communication, what is it we're referring to? So let's talk about the different types of communication. Roz, if you're available, I'm going to bring you in first and you can just sort of um, share with us uh, what, what are some types of communication? Just name one or two types that come to mind for you. Uh, open communication, being open, uh, you know, making sure that you have, you can sit down and have an atmosphere where you can have a open communication, you know, set the tone, prepare the people for the communication. It doesn't mean it's always going to go your way. Mm -hmm. It just means that you have set an atmosphere that allows people to be able to say what they want to say without being judged. I love that. Thank you, Roz. Open communication is so important, particularly if it's going to be effective, right? What about mm -hmm. you, Marae? What are some types of communication that come to mind for you? Well, one of the, you know, one, one aspect of communication that we often, you know, forget is the listening part. And, you know, in the, in the, in communicate, when you communicate with people, you want to make sure they listen. 
because if they don't listen, there's a high percentage that they, you know, they, they, they don't get what you're talking about. And there's also, you know, it can also be the clue on the body language that can, you know, help you to say, okay, this person is really listening, or this person is not listening at all, or you know, even ask, you know, uh, if you if you feel like the body language is not okay, just you know, ask a question and say, okay. Did you get it or did you understand so that, you know, you get this feedback and, and can adjust, you know, your communication, either, you know, the way you communicate or either the tone, whatever is not, you know, working at this stage. So, yes, the, uh, the listening part important and also the body, the body part as well. I love that. So uh, as we're thinking about communication, Michael, what comes to what other types? So we've got open communication, we've got listening, we've got body language, which speaks to some of those nonverbals. Are there any other types of communications that come to mind for you, Michael? Yes, two particular, two particular ones, instant communications and planned communications. There's a difference between both of the, the between those two. Um, they're not the same. Plan communications, you're going to sit in your office or in your kitchen or wherever you're at, and you're going to take a pencil and paper and write down a note to yourself. What am I going to say? Who, when, and where am I going to say it? I'll give you, I'll give you some steps in a little while to go through that. The instant communications, as you're on the spot and something happens, you take Raj. She's in a situation. She doesn't know what her customer is going to be like when she shows up. Sometimes she can't plan ahead of time what she's going to say to that person. She has to walk into the room, see what the patient needs, see what the person needs, and communicate instantly. But you take somebody like yourself, uh, Rhonda, who's going to go talk to an executive in a foreign country, and you're going to explain something to them. You can kind of map out some of your planned communications ahead of time. Those are two distinctly different communication types, instant and plan, but we want the same results from both. Uh, so. So, wow, I think that is a big one, Michael, because in that, what I hear from you is we have to have a leisure, a, le a measure of flexibility mm -hmm. because we don't always know what we might be facing. And so mm -hmm. what's our skill set and, and our ability to navigate these situations? So I get a little bit geeky about stuff like this because I actually really love um, pushing leaders on their flexibility in order to handle whatever situation they're facing. So if I walk into the office today and all of a sudden I found find out that two people have resigned, I've got customers calling angry, what happens to me? And this is where what you talk about really comes into play, Michael, in terms of leading yourself. Right. What happens to me and how do I respond in that situation? Right. It, it's, it's, prepar it's preparation for all of us. Mm -hmm. You, in the morning when you wake up, your alarm goes off at six, what's the first thing you do? You reach over and you hit the snooze button, right? Maybe, maybe twice, maybe twice. It's snoozing 20 extra minutes, something of that nature. Okay. Once you get up and you, you use the restroom and you get cleaned up and you come out and you look in the mirror when you're getting dressed, do you like you? Do you like what you see? If you're not confident in yourself, if you don't like yourself, it's going to be a rough day because let's finish the story. You get dressed, you eat breakfast, you commute to your workplace. And when you walk through that door, your workers are going to know if you're confident or not before you ever open your mouth. Yeah. The visual communications, as they see you when you walk in that office with a sad face, or a happy face, whatever, they're going to see you when you walk through that door. And that starts the original communications. From there, if you have confidence in yourself, you can be flexible. You can, and that flexibility is such a big key in leadership. You have to know how to meet the moment. If it's quiet and planned, that's one way you're gonna respond. If it's action going on, you're gonna to have to respond. Right. So each of us is a little bit different. And I like it that when you talk about yourself and Raj and Marae, because you and Raj are quite different as far as the ability to plan ahead and know what to say on the spot. And Maria is kind of in the middle. She's helping people. She's doing things. But she has a little bit of time to plan. So I think that you have a variety here. And you just all of you being flexible is really, really key. Yeah. Uh, Ross, I want to bring you in on this because we're talking a lot about mm -hmm. the flexibility in communication and the work that you do 
when you are in clients, you don't know when you show up, are they going to be crying, angry, happy, sad? So how do you navigate that space of communication in the moment? If, if I walk in and the client has a maybe a, a attitude or in the mood, then I, I can say, well, is it medication? Is it, you know, something, some, did someone talk to them? You have to take and go through a, almost like a quick checklist. What is going on? Did they have a bad night's sleep? Did they get a call in the middle of the night? And then sometimes when I walk in and I'm just gonna be honest, sometimes they're dead. And I still have to make instant decisions, you know, calling the family, you know, calling whoever. So I have to have a really quick checklist in my mind when I walk in, you know, what's going on? Why are you still in your pajamas? Why are you not in your clothes? And particularly as people age, because the aging process sometimes dictates, you know, what I'm going to see if there's a change in the process that either happened overnight by medication or because of the disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's yeah. good, Roz, because you, yeah, and then that takes me back to my clinical days of healthcare. And you absolutely mm -hmm. don't know. But I love the fact that you're basically your checklist is an assessment, right? You're basically assessing the situation for what you see, which is helping you raise your awareness. So I want to go to Victoria because she asked a comment and I want to ask this. I want to uh, pose this to the panel. So Victoria had a comment and Victoria's uh, her question is, is open communication the same as transparent communication? Marae, let me come to you first and then we'll get Michael to jump in and answer. And so Victoria, then you get two different perspectives on your question. So Marae, is open transparent the same as, or open communication the same as transparent communication? I actually don't know because, you know, open communication really for me is, you know, asking, you know, being yourself and asking the question, you know, and to really understand what you know uh, your your the person that you're talking to or you communicate with really wants you know and and how you can you know um, address their need. So I think that's the way I would I would uh, mm -hmm. I, I would really define open communication. Really go ask be the person that is proactive in 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 the in the in the process and then so that you can get the right feedback to to really get the communication going. Mm, I love that because I'm hearing the mm -hmm. distinction already between the two, just in what mm -hmm. you shared, Marae, so open mm -hmm. and transparent. Michael, your thoughts on open communication versus transparent communication? Well, I would go in the kitchen and get a box of saran wrap, and I would hold up that clear wrap and show that I'm transparent. You can see me through it, and then I would communicate. <laughs> that would be transparent communications. <laughs> um, if, if <laughs> Roz is shaking her head. If, if in fact, it, this goes back to what I said earlier, if in fact you look in the mirror and you are comfortable being you, then when you are in front of people talking, you will be honest, you will be open, you will be transparent, you're going to be showing yourself. But if you're not confident about yourself, if you need some training or you need to change some habits or something, then you're going to struggle and you won't be transparent because you're going to hide this secret or you're going to hide that secret. You're going to not tell the 100% truth. When you're transparent, you tell the truth and you're open. People can see you. And if you're confident, that works. So that's that's how I see it. Yeah, no, really great point. I do think it's so when I when I was first thinking of open communication, I was thinking a bit about the environment and creating the space and the environment for people to be able to have those conversations, to bring their thoughts and ideas forward. And then on the transparent communication, I was thinking more of it on my aspect. So I was thinking of open communication as creating the environment and setting the space and the tone. And then transparent communication is my contribution to that mm -hmm. open conversation. So Victoria, I hope that helps answer that question. <laughs> You've got three different perspectives, some different thoughts there. And from that, there is Good no pleasure. right answer. So we mm -hmm. are just sharing our knowledge and our thoughts, but we are not the experts here necessarily. We are in this with you, we are learning, and we are here to share some of what we've learned through our journey with you. So we're happy to learn from you as well. 
Um, I hope that was helpful. So modern is out there. Modern Siren says, good morning. Good morning to you. And so we're going to let's keep going because I want to share a few stats. Um, and one of the biggest challenges in the workplace is communication. They identify communication as a significant barrier in the workplace. So I'm going to show a few stats here. And for those of you that will be listening later on audio version, I'll just quickly read these. These says in, this is interesting communication stats. Workplace failures, 86% of employees and executives cite lack of effective collaboration and communication as contributing to workplace failure. 33% of employees said a lack of open, honest communication has the most negative impact on employee morale. More than 50% say that their work anniversary was not even acknowledged. And then since the outbreak of the pandemic, 75% say they feel socially isolated, 57% say they have greater anxiety, and 53% say they feel emotionally exhausted. Now, when you look at all of this, the key is communication and effective communication can have an impact on all of these. But I want to just highlight for us, for those of us that are leading and running businesses and working with others, that stat about folks saying that their work anniversary was not even acknowledged really stuck out for me. I, okay, look, hand is raised. Oh my goodness. How often have I just blown by somebody's work anniversary and not taken five minutes to say, Roz, you have employees. Marae, you work with lots of folks. Do we ever say, it's your third year anniversary you know thank no. you <laughs> fifth ten i think i've seen you know people acknowledging uh, the fifth year the tenth uh you know 15 20 and uh, but the one in between no <laughs> I'll, I'll give you i'll give you i'll give you another one i'll give you another one ron did not only remember their work anniversary which i do but also remember their birthday right mm -hmm. Very, very important. Birthdays are important to people, not the number, but the fact that it's their birthday. And for many years now, I have set my standard where if I have 15, 20 employees, I know their birthdays. I put it into my phone to remind me. I put it in my computer to send me a note. I don't mm -hmm. want to forget it. And then I find them on that day and just tell them a happy birthday. Big, big event. The same way with work anniversaries. Each year we recognize on a certain day in January how many people have been with us for how many years and mm -hmm. let everybody know that this person is appreciated because they've been there a long time. So that's wow. another thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Birthday, I think here are quite, they're quite good with birthdays because mm -hmm. they have like coffee and then the tea, you know, every company that I've worked with here, yeah, my birthday and the birthday of the team, but you know, work anniversary, especially the one in between, like I said, no. No I think I am with you, Roz. I think we do, or Marae, I think we do much better with birthdays right. mm -hmm. um, just because we we get that. We know mm -hmm. how people want to feel valued and appreciated on their birthdays. But Roz, unmute for us. Are you recognizing people on their work anniversary? Because now I had to step back when I found that stat because I didn't <laughs> even think that people would bring it up. And now that they have, I'm like, holy cow, I've been missing a boat on that one. <laughs> Roz, <laughs> look at Roz. No, guilty. No, I'm guilty. I'm, 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 I'm guilty. I, I am so guilty. And 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 I had an employee who texted me yesterday and said, "My anniversary is coming up in December. You need to give me a twenty-five dollar gift card." I said, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> Surprise him and give him fifty, Roz. Okay, so I was, I was, I was, I was kind of taken back at first, but I said, "How many others have I have I forgotten?" Right. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, so Absolutely. yeah, I'm, 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 I'm guilty. And the reason why I'm guilty is because I don't celebrate my work anniversaries and I don't celebrate my birthday. But it doesn't mean that someone else does not want to recognize, be, you know, be recognized for their accomplishments. Right. Right. 
I love that. And that's what I love about this show, right? I, I feel like I leave this show with always something that I, I can do a little bit differently to continue to build and grow as a leader. And this is now one that will forever now be etched in my brain because it was not even in my brain before. Wow. Rhonda, are you going to talk about those other percentages? Because there's a lot of information in that last slide you showed. There, We can. We can certainly talk about some of the other ones. I just chose the one that stood out for me. But, Michael, is there one in particular that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, I, I think the fact that um, the employees don't don't think that their management's paying attention to them, not listening to them. I think that's such a big, big, big issue. Uh, when we started out today, that's sort of where we were started when we first started mm -hmm. our conversation today. And I think that's because leaders don't know how to communicate. And it's twofold. It's not only speaking, but it's also listening. Mm -hmm. And and this is what I, I think that there's, there's some issues here that need to be discussed. And there's two primary problems. One is, you know, we need to listen and know how what the steps are for listening. The other one is, and I don't care what religion you look at around the world and all the different cultures I go to, they all say the same thing. Treat others the way you want to be treated. How would you like your supervisor to talk to you? Think about it. Who's the worst supervisor you ever had? Almost for sure, you can tell me that person did not communicate effectively. Either they yelled at you or they didn't give you information, one or the other, terrible leader. And when I ask you who was the best leader you ever had, you'll say, oh, I know who that was. He was always talking to me, asking questions, paying attention, giving me feedback, and a good communicator, almost always. And I think Warren Buffett probably said it the best. Warren Buffett said that communications and leadership are absolutely connected. You have to have both. You cannot be a good leader without communication. And his quote goes like this. He says, if you have poor communications, it's like winking at a girl in the dark. Nothing happens. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Michael, that's so great. I, I love that. First of all, gentlemen, if you're out there, never wink at a girl in the dark, okay? Because that's not <laughs> That's not going to get you anywhere. But but it's really important, I think, that we make this connection for communication and leadership, because oftentimes when you are not getting the results that you want. So the way I like to frame it is the whole everything that I do is about helping you get more of what you want and less of what you don't more of what you want and less of what you don't. That includes in business with your team, productivity. And if you're not getting that what you want, then you've got to go back to your communication right? It's likely at the root. But before we move on, Stephanie said people want to be seen. That's why acknowledging birthdays and work and uh, anniversaries boost morale. Now, here's another one from Victoria. Victoria said, I observed an executive using some language that I believe to be inappropriate. How do you communicate to everyone? Um, that is the key. However, at all levels, professional courteous must be used. What are your thoughts? Victoria I wish that um, several episodes ago, we had a lady on the show, Paulette. And Paulette is uh, the author of Did You Say Something, Susan?, which is about assertive communication. This is where that assertive communication comes into play. Just because they're our executive doesn't mean they're above the law, right? Doesn't mean they're above the rules. And one of the things that I do in my work is I teach everyone, we have to be able to communicate across the board. It doesn't matter if it's an executive, but you have to have the skill set in order to do that, right. right? So Michael, let's do a little bit of role play here. I'm the executive and I just, I'm in the meeting and I say something inappropriate and I say, all these stupid people really, you know, the reason we're not succeeding in this is because people are lazy and they're not doing what they need to be doing. And we'll never get anywhere this way. Now, you as the person who is potentially a subordinate working with me, and then I'm going to come to you, Murray, also next on this. How would you respond to me? My answer would be, you know, boss, we have some of those people in our own company. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Those are our people. Right. But I'm not I'm not offending him. I'm just telling him, you know, boss, we have some of those people could be him. I just say we have some of those people in our own company. All right. So that's Michael Murray. How would you respond to me after I make that statement in an open meeting? <laughs> in an open meeting, I would say you said we have so many stupid people and I'm I'm probably one of them. <laughs> 
right, for sure. Right. So, so Roz, your turn. How would you respond to me in that open meeting? And what we're doing, we're just giving Victoria some different ideas on how you might respond to a situation like that. My response might not be as nice as everybody else's because I would want to know. <laughs> This just Roz Jones talking. It might not be nice because I, you know, I may have to pull my glasses off and get a little Vaseline on the face, you know. Oh my goodness. Uh, Roz, you and I need you and I need to put some boxing gloves on, Roz. I'm sure we could have some fun. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody, you know, everybody's gonna respond different because some people may mm -hmm. take offense and some people may not. So yeah, I I I wouldn't need to be in that meeting. I'm, I'm I'm done speaking. <laughs> we would probably ask you to be excused from the meeting, Roz. No problem. Roz, Roz is just leaving. Roz is like, oh, all right, everyone, uh, I have something to do. I will see you all later. Well, and one way for me that I might respond is I might say something like, I know I can see that this is really frustrating for you. And it's really frustrating for all of us. So uh, but I think it's important that all of us come back to the solutions and what can we do as leaders to help move this along? And um, and here are some thoughts I have on how we can move. So what I've done is sort of acknowledge the bad behavior, but then not not in a very direct way where it's really calling him out. Right. Because that's not going to go well in an open meeting, but then pivot to the solutions. So what I'm doing is I'm stepping forward and I'm showing him how I lead which is to move towards solutioning and not to name calling and other things. Now, I will also say this. I would likely, after the meeting, go have a conversation with him. Yeah. Because in the meeting, you have to respond and be mindful. You definitely don't want to undercut his authority and blah, 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 right? But after the meeting, I'm also going to go have a conversation to say, I'm really concerned about what just happened in the meeting. I And I like to put the focus on me you likely did not intend this. Here's what I took from that, right? right? And put the focus on me. So um, just, oh, oh. So Victoria added, just to add, they were using F words. Oh, mm. okay. Well, you got a whole different problem then I'm, that we can't solve. Then I'm going, I'm going toward Rose now. The F word was friends. They were talking about friends. They were talking about friends. Friends starts with an F, you know? Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. Okay. So I'm going to back up for a second, right, in our comments. So, Roz, regarding your employee, Stephanie said you sh she, she likes the employee and you should promote her. She takes charge. <laughs> the, one, the one that asks for the gift card. She's, she's doing the promotion, uh, according to our... <laughs> David said uh, emotional intelligence. So that would make you an emotional intelligence client. Oh my goodness. Yes, for sure. There is definitely some emotional intelligence skills needed there. And then one more comment. Many people feel acknowledged by their employers when they do something super good or super bad, but nothing in between. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. That is, that is very true, mom. There is a lot of that. So, all right. And, so, and you, I want to, I want to, I want to say something real quick. Last week when we talked about this a little week, I mean, a little bit. I talked about how I have in, uh, uh, put in that uh, weekly. I, I I get in contact with my employees. I actually call them or physically go in. So you know that's uh, that's what I'm doing now to improve communication because they kept saying we don't know what's going on. We want to see you and 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 you know I didn't realize how important it was for them to see me and for us to connect. Mm, I love that, Roz. That's going to take us to this next place where I'm going, where like, where does this break down? Communication is something we are doing since birth, right? Since the time we come into this world, we're communicating. But yet, in so many instances, we don't do it effectively. Right. So mm -hmm. where's the disconnect? So here are some areas where communication can break down. So talking more than listening, Right. So Roz, uh, Michael, uh, Murray, take a look at this list. And I want you all to speak on uh, one of these that really resonates with you. Trying to win versus to convince or, or trying to win or convince uh, in your argument, making assumptions, saying too much and over talking versus saying too little and assuming that people already know. 
it can, your voice or your conversation can be belittling to others. You might have distractions, time pressures, or there might be some emotional hijacking happening. Victoria, to your point about your executive that was using the F word and clearly there's some emotional hijacking taking mm -hmm. place and, uh, and that is being exhibited by them. So looking at this list, which one of these, uh, Murray, let's start with you. Which one of these really resonates with you? Well, that's, there's so many. I mean, the, uh, I've talked about the listening part. I've seen a lot of people just, you know, talking more than listening. Uh, it, it was, you know, it's more about putting their point and forcing it in a way uh, so that especially when they want to get the re recognition. So there's no listening at all. And uh, um, so which goes with talking too much as well. And and um, and we've, we've just talked about, you know, the example of uh, Victoria, which is, you know, belittling and talking down on people, which is uh, especially in, you know, um, I've worked in male-dominated environments. Sometimes you can feel like that, um, you know, that, you know, they, you, you've been belittled and talking down. So it is... <sighs> You know, in a way, I mean, there's different aspect. And at the at the end of the day, and I, I think I've talked about it before, is about you uh, setting, you know, the rule of engagement and uh, making sure that you know people understand uh, how to communicate with you, and then they can also, you know, resp respond and use the appropriate language as well. So. That's uh, that's that, that's I think you know some and sometimes we don't do it. We just get into you know communicate with people, but we don't really take the time to really set the tone and uh, and and the role of communication. So that's uh, that's what I would say at this point. All right, awesome. Thank you. So I'm going to come to uh, Marae Roz if you're in a space where you can speak. We'll come back to you in just a second. Michael, we'll come to you on the other side of this quick commercial break. So if you're just tuning in, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show, and we are talking about effective communication, what some of the barriers are and challenges around that are, and we're going to move into some strategies for that as well. So if you have not already, we want you to like the video, share, comment. It powers our conversations. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And who doesn't like gifts? Because guess what? We've got some amazing gifts that we're designing for you. When you send us a picture of you and your Coffee with Rhonda swag, we're going to start showing those on the show. Send us a, a sentence or two on why you love, love, love the show. And I have a new little promo video for us. Check this out. So don't forget to visit the coffee, uh, visit Coffee with Rhonda store, pick up your swag, send us a picture, and I have a free gift with your name on it waiting for you. All right. So back to our conversation, Michael. So what on that list uh, really resonated with you? One, four, eight, and 10. <laughs> one, hold on. Let me put the list back up so we can figure <laughs> out what one, four, one, four, eight, and 10 were. One, four, eight, and 10. All right. We got it. <laughs> Talking, talking more than listening, making assumptions, ah, distractions, and time pressures, mm -hmm. all four of them. Now, I'm going to here, if I can, for just a couple of minutes, I'd like to give you some information. And yeah. I suggest that everybody except for Roz, grab a pencil and paper and write it down because Roz is working and she don't have time, but she can certainly listen to this. There is either a five-step or four-step appropriate uh, steps in effective communications, either five or four. Five, if it's going to be planned communications. Four, if it's instantaneous communications. The first one is plan. You know, it, do you want to go out and ask somebody a question when you're not sure what you're going to say? If it's going to be planned communications, write it down. Read it back to yourself. Do the words make sense? And remember I said earlier, do unto others as you want them to do to you. Could somebody ask you this question? Would you understand? Now that's planned communication. So you got that written down. You got it in your head. Now you're going to go out there. Distractions. When you're making your plan, what time of day are you going to talk to them? 
while they're working, during their break, during their lunch, on their way home, while they're changing their uniform? When are you going to talk to them? Because you have to think about they are the receivers and you want them to get the message. The responsibility for them to get their messages on you. So think about the distractions around them. Noisy equipment, riding in a car, trying to watch where you're going and the, uh, the passenger uh, is talking to you. Not good communications. These are all things that you do during the planning phase. Now, once you have planned, you go out to the work area or the office, the factory, the home, wherever it's at, and you make your statement or you ask your questions. You said what you were going to plan to say. Now, there's four more steps to follow. First step, after you say that, what do you do when you, after you say your question or ask your question, what do you do? Put a zipper on it. <laughs> Close your mouth. Don't say anything. Be quiet. Give the receiver a chance to think about what you just said. You've asked them a question. Give them a moment to let, th let them think about it. And you say, we have so many people who interrupt our respondents, we say something to them and then we tell them what we think they should have said. Don't do that. Don't interrupt them. Just be quiet. That's the first one. Second one is maintain eyeball to eyeball contact. Do you know how rude it is that when you ask a question and somebody's answering you and you're on your phone, you know, you're here or, or you're in your office and you're on your computer, you know, you're typing that. That's not good. Don't do that. Maintain eyeball to eyeball contact. Okay, so you you asked. Now you're maintaining eye contact, and you're going to hear what they had to say. We were taught how to read, write, and listen in school. I'm excuse me, read, write, and speak in school. We were not taught how to listen. Mm -hmm. You have to pay attention to them. Yep. Third thing, take some notes. I don't care if it's electronic notes or paper notes. All good leaders that I know have a notepad with them or a journal or something to write down a few notes with. They carry it in their pocket or their vest pocket or the purse or whatever they got with them. Write down a few notes. You don't have to write down everything, but you need to write down a few things that they said because when you get back to the office, you're going to use this information. And the last thing of the schedule of the steps, what should you do when somebody has given you the answer you asked for? Tell them Thank you. It's a very small thing to do, but tell them thank you. They took time out of their day to stop, listen, answer your question, and give you the information you, the leader, sought. Tell them thank you. And just think about it now. I will recap that real quickly. You are on the shop floor or in the office. Your supervisor walks in, says you're not real busy, so they ask you, can I ask you a question? And they, you say yes. So they ask you a question. Now, while you are responding... Your supervisor is paying eyeball to eyeball contact, looking closely, not distracted, taking a few notes about what you have just said. And then after you give it to them, they say, thank you. Do you want that leader to come back and ask you another question? For sure. But if he's rude and looking at the ceiling and on his phone and not paying attention and interrupting your answers, do you ever want to see that leader again? No. So wow. be the leader you want to have above you. You want your leader to treat you with respect and listen. So you have to do the same thing. Very simple. Five step or four step. Five, you plan. Four says, I asked a question, maintain eye contact, take a few notes and say thank you. You do that and people are going to love you as a leader. Wow, Michael, really powerful. I love that. And I can't say... <laughs> All right. Here's a potential response from a leader. I can't really say thank you right at the end because I need to defend whatever you just said. I need to rebut it. I need to argue it. I need to tell you all the 10 reasons why it's not this way or give you the justifications and all of that. Wrong. You're Wrong. saying thank you for them responding. That's it. Not, yeah, you're not saying you agree with what they said. You just tell them thank you for responding. Thank you for answering my question. You're not, you're not saying you agree. You're not saying you agree. I love that. That is in, that is really powerful. I'm going to go to a couple of audience um, comments and then uh, Roz and Marae, I want to get your feedback on what Michael just shared. So Victoria said, when we saw the list, she said the most powerful one for me uh, was number nine. And so Victoria, y'all keep naming these by numbers. I keep having to go back to the slides. So. Let's see, what was number nine? Oh, emotional hijacking. Thank you for that, Victoria. 
um, absolutely emotional hijacking is one that's really uh, that can really get us if we're not careful. Regina said definitely talking more than listening. Um, many need work in this area, including me, and I am working on myself. And then Victoria says, I am growing attached to this coffee chat. I love it. Victoria, we love that we are providing and sharing value for you. So thank you so much for joining. All right, Roz, you first, your response to the steps that Michael shared. So far as when he said taking notes and listening, I remember... Um, and one of the groups that we were in, Ron, it said leaders are readers, but leaders are also note takers. Uh, Trevor yeah. Ots used to say that all the time. Leaders mm -hmm. are readers, but they're also note takers. So to me, the notes shows the person that what they're saying is important when you're taking notes. It, it indicates to them that you're not blowing them off and that too, you're going to take that information back and think about it and you know, you may not act on everything that they said, but at least you show them and prove to them that what they said is important. I'm mm -hmm. done speaking. Thank you, Roz. I love that. It is just showing people, people feel special. They want to feel valued. They want to be, as Stephanie said earlier, they want to be seen and heard. And taking notes is a great way to show them that you value what they have to share. So, Murray, your thoughts? Uh, I really like the planning time, really uh, look at, you know, uh, the environment and the right time to talk to the person. So have really this preparation time because sometimes we, we just don't do it. I mean, you you have a thought, you want to communicate with the person and then you just go straight and, and start, you know, the conversation. And sometimes they're not really, you know, there. And, uh, and and nothing happens. So I think the, uh, the the preparation time, understand the right environment, set the right you know uh, the right you know have the right setting is really really important. And also uh, and obviously the thank you as well because uh, uh, I don't always say thank you. So <laughs> and and just like you, Rhonda, uh, I say thank you when the person agree agrees with me. But uh, not if we know we're still not on the same, you know, <laughs> yeah. we still not agree. So I think that's uh, that's a, a key learning today to, you know, even if we're not, you know, uh, we don't agree, just always say thank you so that, you know, uh, you, you get to acknowledge uh, the person that you communicate to. I, 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 the thank you is so important, but I want to mm -hmm. talk first. I want to back up and talk a little bit about the timing. Mm -hmm. I think the timing and planning out when you're going to talk to that person really does show a level of emotional intelligence um, mm -hmm. on your part, because it shows that even though this is an issue that is obviously important to you, you care about mm -hmm. it, you want to have a conversation about it, you are not dismissing what might be happening to the other people. There, mm -hmm. I see this in two ways. Number one, in the work setting. Right in the work setting, let's say I think I deserve a, a raise. I've been working hard. Everything's been hitting the fan. I step up every day. I show up extra hours. I think I need a raise. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Are you going to barge into your leader's office at a time where she is stressed and or he and chaos is happening and raining yeah. around? Because if you do that, you're probably not getting a it's raise. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right? You're not going to get the raise. Or are you going to then plan out your conversation, as Michael said? Are you going to wait and watch for the right time? You want it to be a time when they settle. Can you schedule coffee? Can you schedule a meeting? Can you do something where you are really mindful of what's happening around that person and setting yourself up for a success? Just mm -hmm. because it's an issue for you today doesn't mean it's a priority for me. So mm -hmm. I get that we all have our priorities, but really being mindful of the other person. So that is huge, Michael, I think, if we mm -hmm. don't do enough of that. Then no. the, the, the second one, though, for me is the thank you. I would almost encourage leaders at the end to hold on to their rebuttal, to not go into defensive posturing right. and communication. Just say thank you right. and say maybe is there anything else you want to add? And mm -hmm. then walk away. Walk away. Because if not, you are processing 85 reasons why this person's wrong and why that didn't happen. Well, and this is because, and you're doing all of that. And all of a sudden, I don't feel heard. If, if you're just going to defend your position, then why even ask me, right? right? 
So just, just say thank you and walk away. You can process what you want to do with it later, but your goal at the moment is to have that person feel heard and valued and respected and uh, thank them and walk away. That's not an easy thing to do. So you're, you're right on target, I think, Rhonda, with what you're saying. And that thank you is the fact that they spoke up and answered your questions. Because often when we go to the shop floor, we ask people if we're not polite the way we ask, they'll just simply say, I don't know. No communication occurs that you've asked a question and they heard it, but they were they thought you were rude. So they say, I don't know. Or they say, no, you got nothing out of it. So if you really if they take the time to give you an answer, they deserve for you to say thank you. Not necessarily agreeing, just thank you. You might say thank you for answering or thanks for the information or something of that nature. But you're just thanking them because they spoke to you. Um, you know, at the beginning of this meeting, you talked about effective communications. And somebody asked, how do you measure the effectiveness yep. of your communications? The way I measure effective and, uh, effectiveness of communications is I know what I want to communicate. I communicate it. Did I get the results I wanted or a result? Maybe my result I get may not be what I agree with, but I got an, uh, feedback. I got the information. It did work. I asked a question. I did get an answer. You can measure that effectiveness. I know I'm a much better effective communicator now than what I used to be. Once I started paying attention, taking notes, saying thank you, people want to see me come to the shop floor. Before, when you walk out on the shop floor or in the office, everybody runs away. Everybody's busy. Nobody's got time for you. Why? Because you're a poor communicator. You know, just like with Roz and her people. If she's a poor communicator to all of her employees, they don't want to talk to her. They just want to do their job and get a paycheck. But if, in fact, she's a good communicator, they're going to want to talk to her, ask questions about advancement or ask questions about a particular illness or a technique or something of this nature. They're not willing. They're, they are willing to talk to her if she, they think that she's going to communicate effectively back. But if they don't talk to her at all, that's a sign of poor, effective communications. It's not happening because people will stop talking to you if you're not a good speaker or a good listener or a good communicator. Thank you, Michael. That's really, really important because, um, and thank you for bringing Victoria's question back because it really is about outcome and results. How do you know if you're an effective communicator? What is showing up in your life? What results are you getting? Whether that's in your relationship, whether that's at the office, right? Is your team responding to you? Are your leaders responding to you? Are you getting what you want to have happen? And if not, then go back to communication and see where you're missing that. And frankly, would you listen to you? Because if you're, if you wouldn't listen to you, why should I listen to you? That's right. right? Why am I going to hear? Are you just communicating for the sake of communicating? Or are you communicating because there's a purpose? <laughs> because if you are rambling and you are just not listening to me and you are defensive and you are just going on and on, I can tell you people are not listening. You're talking, but nobody's listening. That's right. So, and, and who is, I mean, breath is precious, right? We, we want to save our breath for important things. So anyway, I can't believe our time is really yes. up. Let's do our coffee cup shot really quickly. Uh, Raj, you got a cup? So you got to get one out of the cabinet. Get one. There we go. Hey, that works. All right. Got it. All right. So we're going to come back and just do our final wrap up segment quickly and talk about what we have put in your cup today. So this portion of the segment, we like to just wrap up with our final thoughts. And that's our way of infusing into your cup and of pouring into you and giving you something to take away and think about. As I said earlier, we're not necessarily the experts. We have a level of experience and expertise that we bring and, and we share. Uh, and then along with what you find on your journey, you take what matters to you. So after this, we're going to share what's in our cup. And if you're out there in any the audience, type into the comments, what's in your cup? What have we put in your cup during the show today? All right. So let's start our wrap up. Ms. Roz, let's start with you. What's in your cup? I guess, I guess today I learned some of my shortcomings when it comes to communication. Um, there's areas where I need to improve and I'm going to impl implement some of the things that we talked about today. Nobody's perfect, but if I take one step, that'll make a difference. 
You're almost perfect, Raz. <laughs> you muy perquito away from perfect. Muy, just just that much. <laughs> Thank you, Raz. Marae, what's in your cup? Oh, there's so much in my cup, but what I really, you know, what I really like is something that Michael said, you know, you know when you wake up and you have to, to, to love yourself, and that's a good, the first start in, in communication. And, uh, and, and I, I realize as well, the, there's a lot of responsibility on us, you know, not only loving yourself, but at the same time, knowing the result that you want to get when you communicate with people, because I think that's sometimes the problem. We go and we just open our mouth, but you don't really know what we, we want to get out of the, the conversation or the communication. So that's a, a key area that uh, I will focus on as, as well, but also the preparation, you know, the preparation to make sure that you get a successful outcome. And again, you know, uh, sometimes we don't really take the time to do all this preparation work, understand, you know, uh, if the person that we're going to communicate with, it's, it's actually in a, in a space where they, they will actually listen and they will be able to get us the outcome that we want. So a lot, a lot on my cup today. Awesome. Thank you, Murray. That is fantastic. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. There is a lot there. So, mm -hmm. um, and so Michael, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for being here and bringing your laughter and your humor and your expertise. Tell us a little bit about what you want people to leave this conversation with and then tell our audience how they can learn more about you and hold on I, and how they can learn more about your new book that you Thank have you. out, Lead Yourself First. And I'm definitely going to be picking up a, a copy of this. So Michael, um, what I learned, what I learned today is that you three in different environments have just solidified what I've been trying to tell folks around the world. And it, it, it just repeats. Doesn't matter if you're in Texas or you're in Australia or you're a healthcare worker or an office worker. It starts with you taking care of you first. You like yourself first. Second, mm -hmm. you try to teach people that you want to treat them the way you want them to treat you. And this is something as a leader, you should be teaching your people. If you're a good communicator, your workers are going to be good communicators because they look to you for an example. So they will follow your example. And the third thing is laughter. This meeting, every time we have it, we always laugh. I saw uh, Roz earlier getting the saran wrap out of the long container out of the cabinet because she's going to practice transparent communication. So she got the saran wrap out. So uh, <laughs> Uh, she's going she's gonna to be ready to do that. But the thing is that you folks laugh and also educate at the same time. Communications, when you can educate and laugh, is great communications. So I think you folks mm -hmm. are doing a super job. And I'll be back, of course, and I'll be online most of the time with you. But I'm going to look forward to your next year segment to see if I can't sneak in again in your next year segment. People want to contact me. People want to contact me. They can reach me at Mike, M-I-K-E, at, as it says on the screen, michaelwader.com. Very simple. Just my name is in there. Mike at michaelwader.com or go to my website, which is www.michaelwader.com, just like it is on the screen. And the book is going out there to everyone. And I am sending it to several people because I had seven international leaders around the world who endorsed this book. And I'm just going to read one very quickly to you because you're going to know this name. Most of you know who Brian Tracy is. Mm -hmm. Brian, I wrote to Brian Tracy. He read the book and this is his endorsement. This inspiring and motivational book is loaded with lessons and important ideas. It will help you unlock your special abilities to succeed in every area of your life. And that's from Brian Tracy. So I was very happy to get his endorsement and his support in my book. And I think that people will enjoy it. You can get it, it, it's both ebook and and a paperback book either, both ways it's up to you but I the thing I want people to do is stop and think how can I treat others the way I want to be treated if you do that you're going to be successful Wow thank you Michael thank you so much really really powerful um, I love Brian Tracy in fact my co closing quote in honor of you and him are, is going to be from him so before we wrap up final thoughts from the audience Jade said I love the notes that I took during this session thank you 
I also enjoyed the part about acknowledging anniversaries. Jade, I have put that one in my book. I am, I promise I will be better at that going forward. Victoria said she has in her cup deep roasted beans of active listening, vanilla cream of thank you infused with a pause when listening. Thank you, Victoria. That's very creative and very cool. Regina says, I will learn to have a very healthy style of communication by listening more and planning what and when to speak to the other person. Wonderful, awesome, awesome, Regina. David said, you dropped some communication ingredients in my cup. Thank you. And then Regina said, Michael, your communication skills are awesome and I def and definitely next level. And yes, I love myself and I love this. All right, everyone. It has been another fantastic show. We are so honored and grateful that you spend a, a little bit of your Saturday with us. Um, my closing thoughts and comments for today um, come from the quote by Brian Tracy. And it is this, communication is a skill that you can learn. It's like riding a bicycle or typing. If you are willing to work at it, you can rapidly improve the quality of every part of your life. And that is not an exaggeration. Communication is goes through every single part of your life. So thank you all for being here. Thank you so much, Michael, to my panel and everyone on screen. Stay tuned for just a moment. For everyone else out there, we are so grateful to have you here. And we look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of the call. One more comment came in, mom. I can't miss mom's Murray. We both take away the same thought. Michael said, if you wake up and look in the mirror and you don't like yourself, it's going to be a rough day. All right. Awesome, mom. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next week. I will be on location in Anguilla for the next two shows. So I don't know if I can get any of the beautiful background in this scene because sometimes the lighting, but we'll see what happens. But I'll be in Anguilla, the beautiful Caribbean island for the next two shows. So everyone have a fantastic rest of your Saturday. Panel, stay tuned. And for everyone else, we will see you all next week on the next Coffee with Rhonda show. Bye.